On Friday morning, I was standing in a park outside of the Capitol building in Denver, Colorado, in the midst of snowfall with four others, a young woman from Virginia, a young woman from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, a young man from goes to school in Ohio, I think he's from New Hampshire, and uh, another young woman who is a, a missionary with a group called Christ in the City. It was the mission trip that I was on this week, and just yesterday morning, I was with that group in this park, and we encountered a homeless man. It was much of the ministry was homeless ministry. And this man, he said to myself and those with me, he said, I would like to ask you a question because there's something here that I just don't understand. You guys, you. Why the F do you do this? Now, he didn't say F. He didn't just say the letter. He said a word that includes a few more letters, a word that I haven't said in many years, and so I, won't, I don't think this would be the appropriate time to bust it out. Um, but why do you do what you do? And what he was referring to is what we were doing, which is simply walking around the park with this Christ in the City missionary. It's something that they do almost on a daily basis throughout the year, encountering the homeless, maybe handing them a sandwich, maybe handing them some socks. But in reality, it was just about encountering them, just about, about recognizing them, looking at them, and appreciating their dignity as human beings, and talking with them, having a conversation, asking the homeless people about their lives. And he said, I, I don't get it. Why do you do it? Why do you do it? And I pointed at the, the young lady who was actually a missionary, and she was wearing a coat that said Christ in the city. I said, you know, we're just here for a week. But she's the real hero. And she does it because I think that, that she knows, that we all know that your life is difficult. It's difficult. But at the end of the day, there is still hope. There's still some hope. And these people do this because they want you to understand that your life is important. And, and, and he said, you know, I, I appreciate it. I just, I just don't understand it. I don't think I would do it if I was you. I just don't think that I would have what, what it takes to do what you, you do. I just found that to be something to, to reflect upon ever since he said those words. We sat on the ground and we spoke with him and one of his friends for the next 30, 35 minutes finding out about his life, finding out about where he has lived in the past, about his family, and just looking at him eye to eye and recognizing his dignity, letting him see that, yes, indeed, his life matters and that people still love him. I've said many times in homilies that John Paul II, St. John Paul II, has said that the greatest longing within every Every human being within every human heart is look into the eyes of another and have that other return a loving gaze, a look of love. The ministry that I worked with this past week and the 11 students from Kansas State that I took with me, that was our mission, to just look into the eyes of another and return a look of love toward them. But I'm not sure who received the most because when I talked with my students, it's quite possible that we were the ones who received 
even more. I think it ties into today's gospel with this Samaritan woman, this Samaritan woman who has had many husbands, this Samaritan woman who, and maybe you didn't pick up on this, would have been shunned by the other women of her village or town. When was she gathering the water? At noon, in the heat of the day, all by herself. The rest of the women would have come early in the morning as a group. It would have been their social time to go together, to draw water together. But not her. She'd been shunned. She's all alone. She's an outcast. She quite possibly could have looked at Jesus and said, why do you do what you do? What are you doing? This doesn't work this way. I'm not to be looked at with a gaze of love. What are you doing? And yet Jesus loved her. He loved her. So our mission is, is to look even at those that are difficult to love, perhaps, and to love them. My friends, these are strange days, which I'm sure you're aware. It was Wednesday night when I first started to realize exactly how strange things were becoming. It was Wednesday night when I received a phone call that expressed a bit of concern about the fact that we are closing down borders to people who are living in Europe, etc., for flying here. And we know that we have missionaries, uh, students, and some of our focus missionaries who are in Romania at that very time. Will they be able to get back? There was some confusion about our president's statement. Will citizens be able to come back into the country? We didn't know at that time. We were hearing at the mission where I was about people at the University of Virginia and at Pitt, a number of different schools that they were going to be closing their doors to students. We found out the very next morning that we were doing the same. And I had Mass that morning, Thursday morning, I had Mass with all of those 70 that were on mission with us. And I said, these are indeed strange days. And when we return home, things will not be the same. And I know that, that many of us, that many of us were going to say that, you know, it's, it's overblown. It's, it's, no, this is, it's ridiculous. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. The crew, my 11 and myself, we had to look at each other and we had to say, what are we going to do? Are we going to stay? Are we going to stick out the mission? A couple of the other schools actually left Thursday morning. And then I went another one, one Thursday and, and one Friday morning. I said, we're going to head home now. We're not going to stick around. And my students, they looked at me and they said, what better things could we be doing home as opposed to what we're doing here? The message I gave that morning simply said this. Brothers and sisters, two things matter most. I said it to those students that were on mission Thursday morning, and I say it to all of you today. Two things matter more than anything else. And, and the first is keeping our eyes on Christ. Much like this Samaritan woman, after the encounter with Jesus Christ, couldn't but help keep her eyes on him. First and foremost, we keep our eyes on Christ. And secondly, we treat one another rightly. That's what we were being trained to do in Denver this past week, to treat another person correctly. No matter who that person was, or what their past was, what their history was, or what their future may look like, we just look at them in the eyes and we love them. 
And the students said, what better thing could we be doing back home than this which we're doing right now here, going out onto the streets of Denver, encountering the homeless and loving them? For all of us, it's still the same. Those two things will forever rise above, keeping our eyes on Christ and praying, praying, absolutely praying, and secondarily, treating one another rightly. In a moment of crisis, we pray. We come together as the body of Christ, keeping our eyes on him and then figuring out how to treat each other rightly. We know that there will be many people filled with great fear in these days. And we don't know where this is going. We don't know. But many people are living in fear. It's important for us to recognize that and to not dismiss it as wrong or anything like that, but to look at them as well, to love them, to put our trust in the Father and to love one another. I said this on Thursday morning, and I say it again, that if the coronavirus comes for me, and these are my last days, well, it's been a good run. (laughs) Pray for me. Um, And I kind of joke, but I kind of don't. You know, I'm, I'm serious about that. I think that's the Christian way. A Christian has never uh, considered it to be a great virtue to have a, a deep, deep, deep fear of death. We keep our eyes on Christ. We treat one another rightly. And, and self-preservation, yeah, it has its place, but it's not as high as those two things. In fact, if you do those two things well, then self-preservation is what you're all about because we believe in life eternal. I think that's right. I think that's true. Throughout the history, it's been the Christians who have decided to stay when others have fled, whether it be times of persecution or whether it be the Black Plague. It's the Christians that go and care for others. It's important for us to keep that in mind, keep our eyes focused on Christ and love one another rightly.